pencil in the apocalypse. I gotta get up at five o'clock in the morning and sparkle, Neely, sparkle. I know what some of your big city no bra wearing hairy legged women livers might say. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Maximum Film. It's episode 278, and you know we're ending the year great. It's your host, Ify Wadi Way, and in the booth with me are my friends. So let me introduce you to Dams. First up, it is Christmas Zaddy himself. Uh, his his Christmas Zaddy form is now going into ice to be unfrozen in Christmas in July, uh, <laughs> and going into back to being uh, you know uh, look America's favorite uh, critic. Uh, so says me, Alonzo Duralde. What's good? Oh yes, if you my robes are furling back in, you know, to to the throne. Um, <laughs> So, okay, so as a coastal elite, sometimes I get my mitts on something early, and so I just wanted to give this a shout-out. A dear friend of the show, Kristen Lopez, has a book coming out in 2023. It's coming out on March 7th. The title uh, is, But Have You Read the Book? Colon, 52 Literary Gems That Inspired Our Favorite Films, and it is uh, basically what it sounds like. It is about uh, a, 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 you know, one, a, one week a year, or once once a week for a year, you can read about the novels and stories that inspired uh, some of our most beloved films, uh, everything from uh, Jaws and Dr. No to The Princess Bride and The Color Purple, um, you know, and she goes deep into uh, the, the differences and the, the similarities, the uh, what was involved in adaptation, how things changed on their way from the page to the screen. Uh, this is totally her wheelhouse, and it's a it's a fascinating read. And yes, she threw in Valley of the Dolls, bless. So I uh, just want to let people know that you can now pre-order, but have you read the book? It's now in all the places where you buy books, and you should, because she's great, and the book's a lot of fun. Nice. Yay. All right. You know, speaking of nice, we have the queen of the Midwest herself, (laughs) super festival programmer and super producer. It is none other than the Drea Clark. What's good? Don't tell people I'm nice. Don't you dare destroy my (laughs) reputation like that. <laughs> Everyone How knows you're you? nice. Oh, Everyone knows it's no longer a secret. Nice hangs the crown on the Queen of the Midwest. I'm looking for biting shrew. That's what <laughs> I'm hoping for. Um, oddly, springboarding off of two of the things Alonzo just mentioned, Jaws and the Color Purple, I have been deep in preparations for another episode of Screen Drafts, which is our friend Clay and Ryan's podcast that... Um, we have all been guests on at different times. And yeah, I'm part of this mega Spielberg directing draft. Woof. It's three parts. I'm doing part one, which are the bottom films. He has 34 films that were theatrically released. We will be fighting over what are going to be in the bottom 11 spots. So I have been watching everything and some things I love more than I remember. And some things do not hold up. And that comes out um, right after this on January 2nd. Spoiler, we are recording it tomorrow by when we're taping now. <laughs> so don't tell anyone, but by the time you hear this, you'll know I freaking hate the Fablemans. And I took, <laughs> like, to a degree that it, it bummed me out personally how much I hate that film. So uh, tune in and see if I am successful in getting it on the bottom 11 Spielberg films. But did you watch the director's cut of 1941? God, no, but I watched, I watched 1941. 
I, that also on my list. <laughs> just a wacky, a wacky hunch. I thought it might pop. Just up a wack. So wacky is the word. You mean Spiel, Spielberg does Zanuck? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Ify, what's good? Oh man. Well, what's good with me is, uh, you know, uh, just just trying to really just kick the the year off right. And, um, you know, I think uh, I'm finally switching um, sides. You know, everyone knows how I was a loud vocal supporter of the Rowdy Regal uh, team. But I think I'm coming over to the AMC. 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 Welcome to the A-list. If not for only to never see the Regal pre-show movie again like I said and I say this I said it when I said it the last time I say it this and I say it every time I complain about it in the theater a lot of my friends in it uh, hate it (laughs) hate it so so you're saying you you are choosing the warm embrace of Nicole Kidman yes Uh, yes I'm going into those warm because heartbreak feels good in a place like this in a place like this it does it really does it does so uh, um, yeah welcome Uh, Ify welcome thank you so it's the last show of the year so we're sharing our top 10 movie list from 2022 and we'll also tell you some movies we're excited for in the new year but first it's time to hand out some maxi awards that's maximum films very own very momentous celebration of all things movies where we hand out awards to whatever actors directors or movie phenomena we feel like and good news, everyone, this year, we've decided to air all the categories that we made up. So, Drea, do you have a Maxi Award you'd like to hand out? You know I have so many. I love to give out awards. Longtime award show worker here. Mm-hmm. I realize there's an easy pull quote from here that doesn't look good for me. But, uh, finally, a chance for us here at Maximum Film to say, uh, I have a favorite butt plug in a movie this year. And it is from everything, everywhere, all at once. Cheers to those boys incorporating them into fight scenes in exciting ways. And actually, it's like a, it's a, I it's think an employee it's of the year trophy, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's and it re- so stupid and wonderful. It really felt like a Chekhov's butt plug, too, because yeah. uh, once you see it, you're kind of like, what, what, what are we going to do with that? Why you, you don't have a butt plug shaped award in a movie and just yeah. leave it hanging. Uh, that gun is going to go off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's definitely going to go off. Um, I was going to, you know, once again, shout out their very like small, intimate, personally driven effects team. This yes. ties into another like genuine uh, thing that I had towards embracing um, one of the smaller like uses of special effects this year that I thought was so effective was in the movie Prey, which we discussed, mm, which mm-hmm. was the update on the Predator that I thought was like really beautiful and not overwrought and in love with its own shit. Um, but instead, yeah, I stuck with butt plug. Yep, yep, yep. That's me. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's my first one. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to say, uh, you know, um, best double flop. Um, and by the by the name of the award, you already know who it's going to. It has to be the Morbius uh, to not only have a movie flop, but to listen to the Internet and uh, think that, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, throw this out again. It's right out to Morbius uh, there. And anytime you can get Tyrese really backing your movie and real hyped about it, uh, truly, um, 
truly a, a real treat. So uh, sh- thank you for bringing me many joys outside of the viewing experience. Um, we didn't do a review for it, and uh, I'm going to keep my own thoughts to myself. Yeah, they've uh, been pretty hard for us, to, for people to determine what we think of Morbius. Yeah, Real yeah. tricky puzzle to be and solved. Despite all of your cards and letters asking for a Morbius episode, yeah. we just didn't. Quit asking. <laughs> Y'all keep well, messing around, and that is definitely going to be the like uh, Max Fun Drive movie that someone oh, makes us watch. <laughs> you keep you, you keep joking, and then that's what's oh, about to happen. Oh, so we're going to have to sit through it. We take it all back. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I, I want to kind of piggyback on that because yes, Morbius came out pretty early in the year, but did sort of become a lingering thing, and uh, and 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 ditto everything everywhere. So I want to sort of shout out another movie that was in early. 2022 that I don't want us to forget about. And of course, it's one that means a great deal to all of us here at Max Film HQ. And that, of course, would be Aileen. Oh, uh, no. Let us not the forget. This was yes. the year of Aileen gracing U.S. theaters. Valerie Lemercier, she directed, she acted, she wrote, and she uh, uh, crazily CGD aged herself to play a six year old, not Celine Dion. And, uh, and, and, you know, that's cinema. And we just, we need to keep that in our hearts. We need to remember all that she did for us, uh, how great the anticipation was, yeah. the payoff of actually finally getting to see it, um, and just, you know, the friends we made along the way. I, yeah. I just assumed it would be on all of our top tens. So <laughs> oh, yeah. I wasn't going to give it an award because <laughs> of course is, later was there a better film made this year? <laughs> yeah, what yeah. a wild ride! Uh, end time. That was actually I was actually thinking of what award I would give for Aline because that we really did. If you are a regular Max uh, Maxi Max gang film, we'll figure it out. Yeah, MFR. MFR. <laughs> Maxophile. No, uh, it's MFR. Yeah, MFR. Yeah. Oh, yes. Close the book. There it is. Um, MFR. If you're an MFR and you've been listening for a while, you we've really kind of built up that ride. And I hope that you not only got excited when you heard us talk about it, but also sat down and watched it before you listened to our episode to really have that go. And who knows, at the end of this episode, we might find another movie like that. But honestly, I feel like Aline is a once-in-a-lifetime film-going experience. Much like Celine Dion. Once yes. in a lifetime. Yes. Once in a yeah. lifetime. Yeah. We pass this way but once. Um, I have another one for you guys remember back way back in 2021 when I became best friends with Nicolas Cage and mm. interviewed him yes. um, for a he full hour. He was obsessed hour. with your cat. He was obsessed with my cat, as he should be. It's on YouTube. I'm not I mean, you can watch me and my best friend Nick Cage talking films if you want. But I bring this up because of course this year an unbearable weight of massive talent came out, yes. which has, and this is very MTV Movie Awards of me, but obviously the best kiss of the year was between Nicolas Cage and N- Nicolas Cage in an <laughs> oh, yeah. unbearable weight of massive talent. I was going to reference, it's also my favorite time, uh, and n- not even for this year, but in history, the line delivery of someone saying their own name um, which is along the lines of like Nicholas fucking Cage, yeah, <laughs> but but by Nicholas Cage, yes, but uh, then I'm still sticking with the kiss. 
It, yeah. You should all get Fair. to see him kissing his 19-year-old self. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. I, I was also thinking of, you know, uh, best. Uh, I was going to give the, um, you know, uh, Eddie Murphy Achievement Award best uh, multiple parts <laughs> in the same movie. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I, I will, you know, put down the Eddie Murphy achievement award. Um, and, uh, and, and you, cause you know, it, it can also be used for best fat suit. So I guess Brendan Fraser, look, (laughs) (laughs) let me stop you right there. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. (laughs) Okay, cool. They're playing, they're playing the orchestra (laughs) on me. I'm putting the award down. It is not um, backing away. Yeah, yeah, backing away very slowly. Um, I would say, you know, um, you know, the the silent award, uh, the moment of silence, which is, I think, the best um, posthumous send off movie. I do want to give to Wakanda Forever to both artfully um, implement one's death in a tasteful way that doesn't feel like oh you've you've attached him to this character and. Here's here's my thing, and I think I finally found it in this moment of explaining it. What I thought was so good about it is I feel like, especially, you know, um, people who watch, like, a lot of movies, we get attached to these, you know, actors and people who've played these big roles in our lives who we have never met. And then it feels weird when they pass and there's this connection. You, it just you read a headline and you deal with it, and there's no way you can grieve unless you meet another fan of of someone like that. And I think you know Ryan Coogler creating a space for fans of Chadwick to grieve just actively um, in in a in a movie was uh, int- was was beautiful in its own way. So yeah, that's that that's the maxi. That's lovely. Yeah, that's Effie, nice put it. it was a lovely sentiment. <laughs> rare from this mouth. No, uh, stop. Very oh, rare. Uh, I want to give a shout out to a, a film that did not make a huge ripple, but that I would like to think, you know, is a, the kind of movie that we still know how to make and still know how to market and um, that we can make them because this movie existed, but it was not marketed well at all. And it makes me concerned because it is a specific kind of film that is to a, an underserved sort of genre and demographic. Uh, I'm talking about confess Fletch, uh, which was very funny and very smart and featured a great lead performance by John Hamm in uh, taking on a role that would in a better universe be launching a franchise. Uh, you know, we got two Chevy Chase movies back in the day, but I think we could get a whole string of John Hamm movies as this sort of wisecracking investigative reporter. Um, and, you know, I, I, Marsha Gay Harden gives a hilarious supporting performance. And generally speaking, this is the kind of movie that they made all the time in the 70s and even the 80s is sort of like crime but it's a comedy and it's aimed at adults and it's witty but it's still got like action and you know other kind of you know there's a mystery to it and uh you know that that movie just sort of like plopped into the world and plopped right out and i probably i think it's streaming on showtime anytime now not even on paramount plus but um it's you know a a terrific film and everybody that i have turned on to it and suggested they watch it have loved it uh and it not doing well 
I, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it just feels like an entire kind of movie is just they're not even going to try anymore. Uh, and and that saddens me. I still hope that there's an entire um, like chunk of teenagers out there that will discover and rewatch Confess Flesh Fletch like I did the original and just mm. have stupid quotes like it's all about ball bearings or <laughs> charging things to the underhills or whatever like random thing that all of a sudden if you heard someone say that you're like oh you're fr- kindred. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. So even though the irony of me saying that when Alonzo's like, it's so nice to have an adult comedy. No, again. look, I, I, like, love the, I, I love yeah. the original Fletch when I was in college. But I mean, look, even the original Fletch feels like a movie aimed at adults compared to. Absolutely. Which was why it was so exciting to watch as a teenager. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe maybe it will, it will find a really remarkable, robust uh, post box office sales. We can only hope. Okay, I do have another one. I think everyone will agree that both this movie and this moment and award are are so important. I'm definitely not regretting the order in which I said things right now at all. <laughs> um, but it, it is something of interest to me as a regular cinema goer who is also a human that exists in the world, which is um, I want to give an award... Um, to the motion picture Marry Me for the best acknowledgement of morning breath because they have Jennifer Lopez waking up after her her night with Owen Wilson and eating an apple. And I watched that moment and was like, (laughs) that is hilarious because there's always the weird like, oh no, I have morning, like there's dumb ways to do it. I'm like, nah, she's just chomping on a refreshing mouth tingling apple to like take care of that and that is the kind of attention to detail that made marry me the cinematic impact (laughs) that it was in this year (laughs) super worth it definitely shouldn't have led with that one and worked my way up very a very strong finish from me yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think uh, I think that was the the perfect finish. So on that note, Drea, after closing off strong, we're gonna take a break. But when we come back, you'll hear our favorite movies of the year. Oh my gosh! Hi, I'm Dave Holmes, host of the pop culture trivia podcast, Troubled Waters. On Troubled Waters, we play games like motivational speeches. It goes a little like this. Riley, give us an improvised motivational speech on why people should listen and subscribe to Troubled Waters. I look around this ad and I see a lot of potential to listen to comedians such as Jackie Johnson and Josh Gondelman, and they need you to get out there and listen to them attempt to figure out sound rebus clues or determine if something is a Game of Thrones character or a city in Wales. I have chills. I'm going to give you 15 points. All that and so much more on Troubled Waters. Find it on MaximumFun.org or wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Maximum Film. I'm your host, Ifiwadi Way. In the studio with me are... Drea Clark. Alonzo Duralde. And another year has passed and we're still here. Banging the drum for Cinema... We all had faves this year, and we won't keep you in suspense. We're each going to go down, uh, you know, just like any top 10 list goes, by uh, going in around Robin, going through each rank, and then ending on our top 
movie of the year. Except that Drea went alphabetical because she's trouble that way. Yeah. Yeah. Keep you on your toes, old men. <laughs> so so we'll get to if he's in my favorite movie and Z for Zachariah from Drea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very fond of the film that comes last in the alphabet. Good. Mm. Perfect. Mm. All right. So for number 10, who wants to kick it off? Or number A for Drake. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies first. Okay, I will kick off my first A film. Um, and it is After Sun, uh, Charlotte Wells' directorial debut. This mm. is a film that I was like, yes, beautiful, interesting, great creative choices. Can't wait to see what she does next. And then um, at the end, I was like, oh, this emotionally destroyed me. Oh, I'm a wreck of a human and I'm going to think about this ending for the rest of my days. But I think that this movie is such a beautiful combination. It's set in Turkey. Um, it's a, it's a, like 15 years ago. It's a father um, on vacation with his 11-year-old daughter. And there's so much of it that feels like real-time nostalgia, memory building, while memories are being built. Um, and it's got really interesting just the choices of how it's telling stories, like the camera that you're getting, the editing that you're getting. And it's anchored by two fantastic performances, which are why you might be emotionally destroyed by the end, even if it sneaks up on you. And then please, again, text me so we can talk about that ending and what it could mean, because I know what I think it means and keeps me up at night. After Sun. That's a, that's a great yeah, one. I won't do that every time. <laughs> Ify, what do you got? Uh, with me, I'm going to you know, start off strong with none other than Wakanda Forever. You know, I definitely wanted this to land on my top 10 list. Uh, you know, I love the Coog. Uh, we had Aaron on, who uh, is friends with the Coog, and they just did a uh, talk at the California African American Museum. Uh, and it was it was a fun discussion. But yeah, um, very uh, strong. You know, we, we did the episode if you want more info on it. But I just, uh, for all the reasons I mentioned in the Maxis, and on the episode, this is a clear number 10 for yours, truly. Nice. Uh, my number 10 is, a, this was. I know this was a, I did as a staff pick at some point, and, and a, a movie I'm still thinking about uh, here at the end of the year, but it came out in the spring, uh, Terrence Davies' uh, Benediction, which is a mm. biopic about the poet uh, Siegfried Sassoon, um, his life uh, during and after World War I, uh, which he's played by Jack Loudon, and then later in life as he is unhappily married and converting to Catholicism and played by Peter Capaldi. So you know he's unhappy. Uh, but it's, uh, it, it is, it's, a, it's a gorgeous movie. It is a haunting movie. And um, I, it's so hard to do movies about writers that isn't just like furiously tapping away at a typewriter. But this is a movie about a poet that uh, I think you know, is a is a story told by a poet the way that Terrence Davis does this, and he did the same thing with his his Emily Dickinson movie a few years back. You know, with um with with Cynthia Nixon, uh, so a quiet quiet passion. I want to say it's called, uh, but anyway, yeah. So, but Benediction is is just um, a really really beautiful film, and and uh, what it has to say about war and about you know, uh, art and, uh, you know, being queer in the 20th century and a whole lot of other things. Uh, it's just something that I, I found really haunting. Lovely. Me, back to me. We're back to you. Yes. Don't worry. I still got another A. Woo. It is an A film that we spoke about on this here podcast. So any MFers out there are going to be familiar <laughs> with it. Um, after Yang. Nice. It is months later. 
months and months later and this movie still stays with me. Movies hit you, or I watch them for different reasons. Sometimes you want escapism. Sometimes you want um, thought provocation. Sometimes you want emotions. And After Yang gave me a kind of hybrid of all of those things. I think there's a really philosophical element to it. And I also am a real fan of soft sci-fi, mm. an idea of like futurism or um, a sort of supernatural kind of element that's not in a beep, beep, boop, boop, all white, <laughs> like, oh, this is Gattaca or whatever. And so I loved the earthiness of it. And I think Koganata is such a beautiful filmmaker for how he world builds and and sets those up and the unique family structures and and just the flow of the day-to-day um yeah i i think this movie is really special and interesting and i bet that um because i haven't seen it for a few months now and i feel like if i go back and watch it it's the kind of movie that will keep revealing things to me because the two other times i've seen it it certainly did that Mm, nice Mm. Who's um, next? Me, 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 huh? <laughs> um, you know, uh, you know, next up we're gonna spike it up with a little bit of action. My number nine is going straight to bullet train. It gave everything that I needed. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> something most people didn't expect to be on a top ten list. Bad bunny is ears are hot. Some wherever. of us have met you and yeah. fully expected this. Yeah. Yes. I mean, if there ever is like a, a look at what is the taste of my movies, Bullet Train is right in the mix. And it's only going to get wilder as it gets a little more, you know, cleaned up as we had up this list. So, but um, no, I really enjoyed it. It gave everything that, uh, yeah, Bill will definitely be pleased as Marissa has said in the chat. Um, we love it. <laughs> look, we're, we're, look, we're the train gang. Uh <laughs> I did have a potential maxi that I thought the person having the most fun with an accent this year was Brian Tyree Henry and Bush. Oh, <laughs> yes, indeed. That guy was it, enjoying that. Just having, because there is just something with the, the uh, you know, dan- the, the black Brit. You know, there's there's something about it that is just very fun. You know, and it bro, you know, you come, you come around this way, you wonder why I was, you, you wonder why I'm, why I'm going to act like this when you come this way. You know, I'm, I'm just over here getting some fish and chips with my boys, my brothers, and you... You sound, you sound like you're from Ottawa. I was going to say, I was getting real <laughs> Ottawa vibes from that one. <laughs> Look, that was a spot on. Look, there, there was some people like... It was. Like, it was yeah, it was yeah you know, definitely shot to... Oh, I, thought, uh, I thought Idris Elba was here for a second. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, just the action I liked. Shout out to Bad Bunny. Uh <laughs> And Joey King. Joey King really uh, doing what needed to be done. Uh, But yeah, that's my number nine, the train that is bullet train. Uh, My number nine was also the uh, topic of an episode this year, and that would be bros. I thought Uh, you were about to say also bullet train. I was was going to be Uh, like, fucking what? I was going to run around this fucking house. I am not having the bullet train fight with you again. We already (laughs) already went there. Uh, No, bros, I think, is a a great romantic comedy, and and it it is a genre that um, you know, has not gotten its big screen uh, props in a long time. Uh, but I think that, uh, you know, Billy Eichner as star and co-writer really has nailed this film that not only just sort of like hits the beats and the tropes that we want, but really brings us this level of queer specificity by by trenching so much of the, who the characters are and how they behave in 
you know, their upbringing and the, 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 you know, what society has dumped on their shoulders in terms of, uh, you know, how they were told to behave and what they were told to expect from life. Uh, and so, you know, it's a movie that I find really kind of thought provoking while at the same time, it's very funny and very romantic and very sexy. Uh, so, you know, uh, that's packing a lot in and, you know, they didn't have to, but they did. And I think that makes this movie really special. And uh, it's my number nine. Nice. Mm. Drea? Me. Yep. You know, it's. I honestly keep getting thrown because I'm like, did we go in alphabetical? No. No, we did not. Um, okay, my next one was definitely a staff pick of mine at one point. Um, it is heartbreaking, hilarious, and increasingly dark. And it is The Banshees of Inishirin. And this movie, the amount that I laughed at moments of this, like, cannot be understated. Full body cackle. And yet there are moments of just, like, the most piercing, oh, my heart. Like, Barry Keegan, who is so phenomenally talented, has this one little line where his heart has been broken and he just says this small thing in the voice of a shrug and i was like oh, i just melted as a human i i'm a puddle i am what what just happened um but it's so great and then weirdly dark and like i said has more blood in it than expected but oh it's it's just fascinating and beautiful and just a fantastic ride uh, what a good movie what a good movie <laughs> mm, very good movie very good movie all right the the next uh you know almost uh, following suit with alonzo a bit i think my number eight is going to be yes just clocking in with myself number eight is going to be fire island for me mm. fire island uh very fun very sexy very hot and very funny uh it was a super fun watch really glad that we uh sat down and watched it and talked about it on the pod so definitely go uh check that out if you didn't uh Go watch the film, uh, which, why didn't you? But yeah, another one uh, directed by Andrew Ahn. Yes. Uh, screen, screenplay written by Joel Kim Booster. Like I said, a guy who, when I when he did a set with me, I looked and I was like, bro, you're not out here for comedy. You must be out here for modeling stuff. You're too fucking hot to be out here <laughs> slanging dick jokes. Go get out. Leave it for us. Leave it for us. <laughs> Leave us something. Stop being uh, good at everything. Yeah. So uh, truly fun. Um, really, I think, extremely relatable story for, you know, no matter who you fuck. You know, like, just like, <laughs> if you, like I, I, I'm just put it bluntly, um, because truly it is weird that in the year of our Lord 2022, that it, that we're getting into this fever pitch of LGBTQ like rights and these weirdo politicians. Sorry, I didn't mean to take that left, but it's. I think when we talk about like these movies and the impact and things that should be normal, like every, like everyone should be able to see a movie about their experience. And for some reason, we have to wait forever for it to be a Hallmark movie, which we talked about, and um, for um, people to just uh, leave people alone. Like, sorry, sorry. Uh, no, no, that was great. You know what? No. You know who would appreciate that outburst? Jane Austen. <laughs> so I think you landed that one perfectly. 
Uh, my number eight is a, a very recent uh, uh, staff pick. It's it's uh, Laura Poitras's All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, uh, which is a documentary about um, Nan Golden and her attempts to get uh, museums and universities to remove the name of the Sackler family from galleries and, and various uh, uh, facilities. The Sacklers, of course, being the people behind Purdue Pharma, who created OxyContin and basically um, helped make the opioid crisis happen and are now trying yeah. to sort of clean up their public image through philanthropy. And because Golden has a certain degree of clout in the art world, uh, she's been able to get museums to, uh, to stop, uh, you know, Suckling at that particular teat, and uh, you see over the course of this documentary, you know uh, the 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 tactics that she and her organization PAIN uh, uh, employ to get museums to 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 wake up to this, and you also get a really interesting dive into her own story, both her struggles with addiction, but also her art and where it comes from. Uh, so yeah, I, I found it just fascinating uh, on multiple levels, and uh, you know definitely my my top documentary pick of the year. That's my number eight, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. Solid Ooh. call. Hey, one, um, eight, one. Okay, back to this gal. Um, moving all the way to C, there is a film called Corsage that I loved mm. so much by Marie Kreutzer. Um, it stars, and again, Alonzo's probably going to be able to help me here, Vicky Crepes? Creeps? I think it's Creeps. Oh, Vicky Creeps. Sure. But we know her from Van- Phantom Thread. Yes. Um, which we loved her in and discussed her in. And she has such a, like, slyness to her. She's just interesting and layered. And this is a period piece. It's uh, the late uh, 1800s. And she plays the Empress Elizabeth of Austria or whatever. Sissy was her nickname. And... It's fascinating to me because it's a blend of, it gives me all of the things I love in a period drama of like a woman hemmed in by the conventions of the time, but she's also a woman of power and all of the weird things that come with it. But there's slight modernity to it. Like how Vicky Creeps plays it is very of our time. Like there's things that, that are like, like she's gives the middle finger. Like there are things that I'm like, I don't think that was happening in Austria right then, but it's really about this woman sort of trying to claim things herself. And a lot of the films I loved this year were coming from a place of um, women's resilience bursting forth in unique ways. But um, I very much dug this. I very much loved the spark of her. And, um, and also I I didn't love it enough to like go read a lot of Austrian history and that's on me, but, um, I did want to see more movies by this filmmaker, which is maybe more apt for what we're doing here. There you go. Yes, indeedy. All right. My number seven is, uh, this is getting hard. I, I, what I do is what I did last year, which is just a general list of my faves and then try and pick as I go. And um, it really gets harder because someone's like, oh, man, I'm going to have to leave you behind because <laughs> I don't think you're going to go this right. Um, yeah, let's let's. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, because these are a little higher. OK, cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm I'm gonna I'm lock it in. Sorry, I was checking in with my brain. Sure. And the brain says I'm gonna go ahead and give it to Prey, and I'm gonna give it to Prey for a couple of reasons. One, for being like such a fun, innovative new take on a Predator movie, but also like tapping in with once again we were talking about underrepresented groups, but not just like 
throwing them in the movie and just calling it a day, but also like tapping in with people, getting consultants, really making sure that you're re representing it in a great way. Uh, so, uh, you know, shout out to uh, Dan Trattenberg, who directed and wrote the screenplay with Patrick Ason and, you know, uh, Amber Midthunder. Uh, hope to mm. see you in a lot more things uh, because really liked you as our uh, bold, strong, smart heroine. <laughs> She's fantastic. Yes. Uh, for my number seven, this is a movie that is kind of squeaking in out of the wire. It's opening at the very end of the year in New York and L.A., but it will be everywhere in early 2023, and I certainly hope we do an episode about it, and that is Sarah Polly's Women Talking, uh, which it takes what sounds like it could be a very sort of stage-bound premise, uh, a group of women involved in a religious sect uh, who have had to uh, deal with uh, uh, physical and sexual abuse, uh, basically gather together to decide what they're what the what they're going to do in terms of do they do they stay do they fight do they leave um and so it is this back and forth conversation between women of various generations uh you know talking about trauma talking about uh their faith talking about you know what their expectations for life have been and and you know getting the opportunity to sort of exercise agency and power in a in a in a an atmosphere where they normally haven't and so uh it's got this amazing ensemble cast including rooney mara claire foy jesse buckley and two of my favorite uh legends who get so much to do here i'm so thrilled because they're the kind of actresses who i feel like don't get enough real estate in movies uh judith ivy and sheila mccarthy uh are nailing it and uh i just wanted as a p.s Sarah Polly also wrote an amazing uh, book this year of essays that I very highly recommend. So she is basically killing it on all fronts. Uh, but yeah, I am have not stopped thinking about women talking. It's uh, definitely a, a movie that's going to stay with me for a long time. Ooh, very good. Um, all right. So my next one is probably why Alonzo's annoyed. I'm going alphabetically because I'm here at E and of course there's nothing it could be, but everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> um, I love this movie. I love the Daniels. They are good hearted, imaginative, wonderful people. And that's exactly what I think comes across in their films. Um, I, this is a movie when I'm talking about really unique perspectives on, female experience. I think you get something from that from both Michelle Yao and Stephanie Hsu's characters. Um, and I think that there's something so insightful and thoughtful about a film like this with all its goofiness and hijinks and auditing action scenes and whatever. There's so much earnestness to it um, and such a genuinely sweet takeaway about what it means to be alive and to be around the people that you love and to be taking care of yourself and taking care of those people and seeing your own strengths and theirs as well. And um, I think this movie deserves all of the accolades it's gotten. Um, it's been this thing of, huh, I wonder if this is going to sustain and at what point is it going to turn on these sweet boys? But um, so far, so good. Knockwood. Knockwood, yeah. yes. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that's a uh, that, that's good pick. 
No, who be? Who we? Okay, we're at six, huh? I do like when Iffy has to have a battle on these with our fourth co-host, which is Iffy's brain. Yes, it's, yeah. a, it's, it's like ex- he's on a game show. All right, where do yeah, I place this? Yeah, it's an one? exciting yeah, yeah, yeah. twist. Yeah, 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 it's 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 just like I said. It's one of, the, and, and that's the fun thing about ranking it this way, where it's like, okay, is it pertinent enough to be like my? Yeah, like I knew that I wanted one kind of forever as ten because I was like, you know, definitely I want to like uplift some of these movies. Um, and then you you go and then <laughs> not not the ones are trying to cut me down. No, <laughs> he wants to hear what it is. Yeah, He's on the edge of his seat. Yeah, you on the bed. Okay, I'm gonna go f- for for my number for my money number six. The unbearable weight of massive talent. I think it was a. I feel like Nicolas Cage as an actor on a meta level is in such an interesting um, interesting place where I think he was people forgot that he was like a great actor and i think what better way to remind folks than with a little bit of comedy so uh you know i really enjoyed that it's very funny that this is a movie that they've uh, been trying to make and he was like nah i ain't doing that and then he was like all right i'll make your weird film about me uh but yeah shout out to uh tom gormican who uh directed it and uh did the sc- Screenplay with Kevin Etten. Uh, so, yeah, they went ahead and did that. Um, and I really enjoyed that. Also, Pedro Pascal. Uh, truly. Oh, oh yeah. On the long list of people that we just hope have just good things about them always. <laughs> never don't want any, <laughs> any reveals. Because yes. my perception of Pedro Pascal, he just seems like just such a fun guy. There was that talk he had with, it was him and Oscar Isaac, and they were talking about being like Latino men. And that just like, that just brotherhood type yeah all that so <laughs> only only john malkovich could be in being john malkovich and only nicholas cage could be in the unbearable yes <laughs> <laughs> uh my number six is a movie that uh i feel like as one of several films this year that uh, because they were netflix productions did not get the hype that they should have gotten they they sort of like sank into the into the mist and you would tell people about them like what i never uh, what what uh that would be richard linklater who had a new movie this year friend of the pod richard linklater yeah yeah. apollo 10 and a half a space age childhood which is uh, you know this incredible just memory piece about growing up in houston in the 1960s in the shadow of the space race and the idea that technology was only going to get better and better and create these sort of boundless utopia futures that was going to fix all of mankind's ills. And, you know, obviously that didn't happen. Uh, but it just gets the the tiny details about childhood just right. The way the, that he, the way that he remembers just like watching TV or listening to 45s with his older siblings, uh, you know, riding in a hot car, you know, uh, just like all the, these, these just little moments that just hit me over and over again. Like, like Proust was just sitting there cramming one Madeleine after another into my mouth. So I loved it. <laughs> and uh, I, I really want people to see this movie because, yeah, if you had no idea that Richard Linklater had a new movie this year, you're not alone. I find that a lot. Nobody knew because it was Netflix. So check out Apollo 10 and a half. 
Alonzo's poor theme. I love this movie that you probably haven't heard of yet, <laughs> but not even because it's so obscure. It's like a yeah, Richard yeah. Linklater film. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, my next right, film. We are five down and five to go. We just want to let know we're at the midway point. Yes. Um, all right, so my next film is um, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Nice. Ooh. This was a Netflix release. It was is so so beautiful the animation of it i love alonzo and i had back-to-back animation here it is a a stop motion spectacular it is so sumptuous to look at it is it has that kind of like pan's labyrinth element of imagination and darkness that feels very childlike like i think that there's something certainly a family view but there's depth and sadness and again, this is the second film on the list. When I tell you, I was like trotting along, enjoying it. Oh, there's a, this one also has a whale. Oh, like it's doing twisting things. This play. Um, the ending, completely embarrassing cry. Like <laughs> the most like, I was like telling my cats to look away. It was too real, too human emotion, all bubbling to the surface. Um, but completely earned. Also, my second favorite Kate Blanchett performance of the year because she <laughs> plays a monkey in this one and is amazing. And I, I Googled it. I was like, who's doing the voice for this monkey? Not a speaking monkey, friends. No, like no, a no. Grunting, giggling, <laughs> scheming monkey. And I was like, who? I wonder what amazing voice actor. This is a. Oh, yep, nope. Kate Blanchett was like, I'll do it. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> Like I have no no qualms yeah. about Til- doing Tilt is your blue fairy fine. I'll be the monkey. I'm yeah. an actor. I'll act. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So my number five is another yeah pod movie we've seen. I saw it a little bit before the pod uh, at uh, you know Drea Clark's Sundance Film Festival. That's going to be an after Yang for yours truly. I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, it's it was it was it was like just the type of sci-fi you know film I liked that uh, was the pacing was very interesting. It drew you in, um, uh, and uh, directed by Kogonada. You know, uh, and uh, truly was a treat. Shout out to Colin Farrow uh, and uh, Justin H. Min. Yum. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, a very, very uh, fun. So, uh, yeah, deep dive on that. Uh, my number five is actually, Dre, there is another E movie that is on the top 10 list, and that would be Yerzy Skolomowski's EO. Oh. <laughs> it's about a donkey. Uh, and it's extraordinary. It is, this is one of the most beautiful films of the year in terms of the editing and cinematography. Uh, six donkeys playing the title role, apparently, uh, taking a page from, uh, Robert Brisson's, uh, Oh Hussard Balthazar. Um, this is about a, you know, it's a donkey in a circus and then he's not in the circus and yeah, he's, he goes from place to place. Sometimes people are nice to him. Sometimes they're terrible. Sometimes, uh, mean soccer hooligans, uh, uh commit harm upon him. Uh, but it, the, the donkey abides, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, there's, there's no bringing down that ass. I don't know what to tell you. It's Girl. a, it's a, it is a beautiful and powerful movie and, um, it, it, it's, it will stay with you. Solid. That would be a <laughs> devastating double feature with Pinocchio. Just FYI. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. 
Ugh, okay. Um, devastating on a different level, but also originated at the Sundance Film Festival. A love song. This mm. is uh, Max Walker Silverman's premiere, uh, debut film. You guys know I love a first-time filmmaker. It is uh, Dale Dickey and Wes Studi. It takes place um, in Colorado at a sort of f- field slash trailer park um and dale dickey they're both very recognizable character actors if you don't know those names please google their faces and you'll be like oh sure her yeah yeah (laughs) and um and it's this rumination on love the need for it they are two people who knew each other in their youth they are now older and widowed and had said that they would meet back in this place. And um, and then it's just an exchange. It's a musical exchange. It's conversational. It's heartfelt. Um, and it's like just such a like, oh, delicious, independent film. Again, I can't wait to see what the filmmaker does next. But I also am just always encouraged when someone's first time out, they're thinking, you know what? You know who doesn't get enough love stories? People in their 60s. And, um, yeah, I found it so charming, but not twee in any way. Just grounded yeah. and authentic and, and wonderful. Mm, beautiful. Very movie. good. Very good. Uh, yeah, bouncing back, bouncing quick. Number four. Going to be uh, very uh, easy peasy, lemon squeezy layup for me. You know what I like. You know I like my black directors. You know I like a com- comedy, and I, you know I like uh, com- comedians taking on horror, so it's going to be nope uh, for me, uh, especially since we got to this um, this this like very grand um, like supernatural what, what was the word I used for it? Um, whatever. You listen to that nope episode and see it's Jordan <laughs> Peele. You know, I, was, I, I <laughs> don't make me repeat myself. Yeah, yeah. I, I, this is my last brain cell of the year. Uh, <laughs> let's let's so so go back and watch it if you want the deets. But yeah, no, that's that's mine. Uh, my number four. This is another movie that is just starting to get out in the world, but uh, by you know January, February will be available in more places. Uh, and that is No Bears, which is the latest from uh, Iranian filmmaker Jafar Panahi, who has for some time now been officially uh, banned by the Iranian government from making movies, and yet. He makes them, and he makes great ones. Uh, this is another one in which he plays a version of himself and um, is uh, currently sort of living in a small town that's near the Turkish border. Uh, there is a lot of suspicion about why he's there and what is he thinking about? Is he planning to, to try and escape? And he sort of runs afoul of... Uh, this local uh, uh, relationship. He takes a photograph that, or, or people th- say that he took a photograph that he shouldn't have, that might uh, impede uh, a marriage that's coming up. And so, you know, he has a real genius for for telling these very sort of granular human sized stories, but they're about everything. And they're about, especially sort of just the, the oppression and authoritarianism that currently exists in Iran and how people try to, you know, 
survive under those constraints or escape if they if they can um and it's uh, a haunting movie and and i i think he's maybe making some of his best work on the sly which you know it, 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 in a way this is uh this has been a real boost to his career while at the same time of course he's having to like do everything uh you know underground and hidden and 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 not being caught by the authorities uh but yeah this is a, another amazing film from from jafar panahi no bears Nice. Mm, nice. Um, well, my alphabetical structure has brought me um, uh, to the uh, a thing that this is another Sundance pick. But I promise, again, it's just the alphabetizing and also the enormous taste level of the people putting together the Sundance Film Festival. I did not program this film. I get no credit. But we did talk about it on this podcast, and it is called On the Count of Three. Mm. This movie... Again, this is kind of tying back to some other things. Banshees had a little of this. I love something that is a unique tonal hybrid. On the Count of Three is so dark. It is about such a real human dark thing. And yet the comedy that undercuts it consistently is legit funny and very believable. It is both gallows humor, but also people who go through every day of their life with gallows humor as a defense mechanism and um, what it's exploring in terms of mental health, in terms of gun culture, in terms of male relationships is great. It's crackling writing. It's another directorial debut from Jared Carmichael, who has a fantastic performance. Can't wait to see what he does. Christopher Abbott is wonderful in this. He's so good in so many things, but he is, oh, he, he operates on so many levels. It's just, Great to watch. So on the count of three. Uh, just a friend of mine said, wait, Gerard Carmichael is going to host the Golden Globes this year. Is the show going to be five hours long? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so uh, here it is. Uh, my number three. We're getting mm-hmm, tight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we Another show we've done on the pod. Um, you know, and that's gonna, that's my resolution is to do more extracurricular activity watching um but seeing as one of the movies i watched outside the pod was grandma's boy um i'm sure the the top 10 is still going to come from movies we watched uh so uh this one uh is directed by maria shader uh screenplay by uh rebecca linkwitz and you know we talked about this not getting enough love, and I agree. I, I think it's a very important thing uh, to talk, uh, to, to have in the zeitgeist. Um, but yeah, she said, if you didn't know, she said, uh, that's my number three. It really kind of drew me in, and I've been thinking about it since we've watched it. So that's when I knew it had to be a, a top, uh, one of the top five, and definitely uh, now is my number three. Nice. So uh, my number three is also directorial debut, and it's also directed by someone whose last name is Panahi, uh, and that would be Pana Panahi's directorial debut. Uh, Hit the Road is my number three. Uh, Also dealing with issues in contemporary Iran, but the uh, filmmaking style could not be more different. Like like, Pana Panahi will shoot an important dialogue scene like from about as far away as you think you can get <laughs> where the people are specks but nonetheless in everything that they're saying and just in what you're able to see at that distance you know everything that's happening emotionally it builds the tension in a great way he makes reference he has re- spoken references to kubrick that then pay off later in visual references to kubrick 
Uh, it's also a, a very darkly funny film at times. It has a very bratty child in it um, that kind of, you know, adds to and cuts the tension at times. Um, but yeah, it, it is uh, an, an exciting movie and one that really, I think, heralds a, a major new filmmaking talent. And it came out early this year, so it's streaming in a whole bunch of places now. Fantastic. Good on you, Guy. Oh, it's back to me. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was just complimenting Alonso, but also I'll (laughs) keep it moving. All right. I'm down towards the end of the alphabet here, and I have to speak to a movie that stars a character that I want to befriend in terror, and that is Tar, because (laughs) I feel like I want to know where Lydia Tar is. So I know what's going on in my own sort of well-being. Um, beautiful filmmaking. Todd Field is the director. Kate Blanchett is so good in this. She plays um, a composer and it's how the art overwhelms her, how the crafting of things. All of a sudden I was like, oh, wow, man, I respect composers in a whole new way. It's a full body marathon of like understanding the music. Oh, but also they can be terrible people. Oh, look at the weird, horrible relationships that she has with her wife, with uh, inappropriate relationships with women in her orchestra of the past. And there's a thriller element and everything is crafted so well. Like it's not the showy, showy crafting of like decision to leave, but every framing you're like, ooh, oh, that looks great. Oh, that's really interesting. Look at how you just were like, how can I set this up and then make it a little better? But it's it moves along and it's so enticing. Um, and it's also nice to see, you know, there's this thing of, oh, it's the, the first movie that tackles the idea of what a... Um, an, uh, an abusive relationship in the terms of like power dynamics can look like when the person in power is also a woman, when they're both women. And yet it's never, that's not the thing of it at all. Like that's just one of the many interesting facets that are going on here. So tar. Tar. Yeah. I just got the screener for that. So I'm excited to finally give that a shot and, you know, see what, see what's going on. That movie also makes me wish I could pull off menswear. I just, I don't, you know, you need a very particular frame and shoulders for that look, and I respect that, but mwah, those button downs. All right, my number two is going to be uh, Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. Uh, that was, uh, you know, a surprise one for me. I really uh, didn't know much about it, and, you know, um, truly, oh my God, and truly, uh, I uh, enjoyed it. The director was Adama Ibo, uh, and, uh, you know, I uh, truly had a good time. I'd said truly like 50 times. You truly uh, mean it. Yeah. Regina Hall giving the performance of a lifetime, I think, truly knocking it out of the park. <laughs> truly. Truly. I think just knocking it out <laughs> of the park in a magnificent way. And Sterling K. Brown. Showing them apps. Uh, <laughs> his performance was great, but them apps, though. Yeah. Didn't hate that. Did not hate yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, my number two is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, you know, this is a, a movie that uh, absolutely, you know, makes up its own rules as it goes along in a way that's that's thrilling to watch and uh you know we don't usually see this kind of hyperkinetic filmmaking in the ultimate service of um 
an emotional story of a story about like you know people and family relationships and one woman's sort of quest for for sort of self-fulfillment and uh and so yeah it's it's haunting and it's gorgeous and it's a wild ride and uh, the performances are outstanding and uh yeah it's a it's a it's a game changer of a movie yay well um Fittingly, Alonzo just said a movie I already said, and the final pick out of my 10 is one he already said, and that is Women Talking. Um, so for all the reasons he said, and also, it, you know, it really just, it, it demonstrates what a quiet rage in a gentle body can look like, if that mm. makes any sense. I think that um, anger and resentment are not emotions easily afforded to anybody but um certainly uh, a lot of women have have looked at like oh please sort of hide those away and particularly the women like this is this perfect microcosm of giving you um it is a directly patriarchal society that they're in and it's it's highlighting a lot of things that i think um women outside of the mennonite community could uh respect and recognize um but it's so beautifully done and so much um, just like respect for humanity and for, for what each of these women are going through and how it's different for so many of them. Mm. Very good. Very good. Um, well, you know, a very unsurprising number one. You know what it was going to be. Real weird that, uh, you know, Drea said it in a weird point. It's going to be everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, truly, uh, not only was uh, just an experience for me, viewing it but uh, inspired me as a as a filmmaker and writer so uh truly um yeah that was an easy layup it's going to be number one on a lot of people's lists this year has been such a whirlwind i was like i hope this is it's going to be a fun award season is all i'm gonna say <laughs> yeah no i'm thrilled that it's still in the conversation and it, you know it's a movie that i spent much of this year convinced that would absolutely be my number one, uh, but I, I I have to go with RRR. Uh, yeah! <laughs> yeah. And I, I know there are some, you know, unsavory uh, political interpretations of the film, but I just choose to read it purely as an anti-colonialist tract. And uh, S.S. Rajamouli is just doing stuff you didn't know movies could do. And, and and it's a movie that you watch and you just think, have I seen a film before? Is this new? <laughs> is this brand new to me? What's going on in my head? Why am I? Why is my brain exploding right now? Why does this feel like this guy is just completely rewriting the rules of cinema as as they as we speak? You know. And and a friend of the show, William Bibiani, had a great tweet this year where he talked about how like the the hang on, I, I want to pull this up because the, this is worth quoting. Uh, if you're every few years, if you're lucky, you get to see a movie that's just so very much movie, so huge and inventive and exciting. You're surprised only one movie could contain it. And he said, somehow we've had two already this year, RRR and everything everywhere all at once. And so, yeah, both those movies, I kind of feel like in the, in the same way, just completely, uh, uh, shatter the paradigm and, and go their own way. And yet do so in a way that is completely effective and, you know, brings it home, sticks the landing, all the things that you want from a movie that is that goes big and swings for the fences and takes ambitious, crazy choices. So, uh, you know, uh, they're, 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 they're very happy. They're my two top films of 2022. But yeah, I got to give number one to, to RRR. Love that for you. <laughs> yes. 
Well, damn. We did it. We did it. They didn't think we could, and yet we did. And, and I just want to say, this was an amazing year for movies, and I've seen people try to say otherwise. I'm like, then, you know what? I suggest you really start paying more attention to what's out there, because yeah. in a year, they could give us, like, I mean, we had so few repeats between the three of us. But, you know, we didn't even talk about, like, Pearl, or Bodies, 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 or oh, Barbarian. Yeah. Barbarian, or, yeah. Or God's... The- God's, All on my list. Yeah, God's Country, or Happening, or Hustle, or uh, Please Baby Please, or Resurrection, or 3,000 Years of Longing, or Triangle of Sadness, or, uh, uh, you know, Weird the Al Yankovic Story, or Emily the Criminal, or Glass Onion, All the Breeze. I mean, like, so many incredible films this year. Uh, and and so, you know, and I feel like there's stuff I didn't even get to, you know, so yeah. I, I, I think... You know, the, the the movie going experience I know is under fire and, you know, what kind of movies are big studios making and what gets greenlit and what gets marketed and, you know, what gets yanked from streaming services, all that stuff. These are all very valid issues. But if you are paying attention, there are a lot of great movies out there. And because of streaming, because of on demand, no matter where you live, if you have high speed internet, you know, even if they don't ever come to a theater anywhere near you, you have access to so much stuff that's so great. Well said. Well said. So well said that I think we'll just go to break on that. We'll be right back after we hear from another show for Maximum Fun. It could happen to you. You're all grown up now, a professional adult with diverse interests and hobbies. And one of those hobbies is video games. You just can't help it. They're so good now. If that's you, we're here to tell you, you are completely normal. I'm Maddie Myers. I'm Jason Schreier. And I'm Kirk Hamilton. And together we form Triple Click, a podcast about video games. If you think you might be a person who likes video games, we hope you'll give Triple Click a listen. Triple Click, new episodes every Thursday on Maximum Fun. back to Maximum Film. I'm your host, Sophie Waddyway. In the studio with me are Alonzo Duraldi. Drea Clark. And we just gave you a lot of great movies to check out, so instead of staff picks today, we wanted to tell you about some of the movies we're most looking forward to in the new year. Alonzo, do you have anything you're excited about? Well, uh, you know, uh, it might be a, a bit of an obvious choice, but of course, I am dying to see what Barbie is going to be like I, that, you know, uh, Greta Gerwig has been involved with some of my very favorite films of recent years. And, uh, I am dying to see what her take on this is going to be, what, uh, you know, how she's going to deliver a movie that everybody's already a little bit suspicious about, but at the same time, like champing at the bit to get the chance to see it. Um, so, you know, I, I think that that one definitely, uh, tops my list, but, uh, definitely, uh, you know, there's so much queer stuff coming up at Sundance that I'm excited about, uh, movies like theater camp and, uh, rotting in the sun. So, you know, I, I, I am looking forward to all the surprises and delights that the new year mm. holds. Nice. Dre, what you got? Well, for me, rather than, you know, immediately, I like to sneak the Sundance ones in later. So <laughs> let me just say two words for you. Those words are cocaine bear. I am <laughs> very excited for cocaine bear. Um, I am hoping maybe... Maybe we can all see that together in person so I can watch you guys watching Cocaine Bear. If that movie does not live up to what I want it to, I will be very disappointed in Elizabeth Banks. I'm not mad. 
just disappointed. I would be thrilled if that did well, just because I really am waiting for the cultural reevaluation of Elizabeth Banks's Charlie's Angels movie, which I I still maintain is great and did not get its due. It's definitely good. Um, I will also tie in. There's one. There's another one on here that I'm assuming if he's going to say so, I'm not. But um, please know if I don't convince us to discuss this one, I will be seeing it probably numerous times. Magic Mike's Last Dance. Yes, (laughs) come to mama. As they say. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, you, Dread knows. You know, yep. buckle up. Yep. Fast yep. Thank you. your seatbelts. Yep. Because we're getting the final <laughs> movie of the franchise. Uh, come hell or high water. Uh, you know, who knows how many directors we may lose along the way. But we're getting <laughs> the final installment. I am ready for that. I'm ready for the next John Wick. I can't wait to see what happens with that. I'm ready to see friend of the pod, Timothy Chalamet as Wonka uh, coming through. Mm-hmm. A big year for the T. Chalamet, Wonka, and Dune 2. So it's like, goddamn. And Creed 3 has my interest peaked. So much I'm about to have to go watch Creed 2. And I'm not going to forget Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Mm, because, jeez right. Louise, they brought it with the newest trailer. And I don't watch trailers, but I gotta watch these nerd ones because too many of my nerdy-ass friends want to fucking dissect every fucking frame, and I'm gonna see it anyway. So I was like, I might as well see it as intended instead of looking at this weird-ass frame that you're, like, asking questions about. <laughs> no no one's gonna step up for Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> As you know, with all Nolans, I'm waiting till it comes out so I can watch it on my phone. Yeah, well, you know. I do quite like him. I it's more it's such a knee-jerk reaction to the people who, you know, boner mm. out aggressively mm. over him. Oh yeah. He's a beautiful he is an artist and I do really like the work he does. And I will be seeing Barbie that weekend. And he really blew something up, I think, or something. He was yes. saying it was as close to a nuke or something. All right, bro. Let me. That I is get, let's... why we all get into filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> to recreate an Mushroom A-bomb. clouds. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Well. Yeah, you, you you have it. And if you look, if you are excited about something, let us know in the Facebook group. I know I'm not active there, but I do be lurking uh, when I'm pooping. Uh, and uh, a lot of y'all are funny. Uh, just uh, wanted to let y'all know I do be lurking. Uh, <laughs> Dre and Alonzo, thank you for another wonderful show, but not just a wonderful show. A wonderful year. Yay. We did it. We, we made it. Another year. We were talking about these movies. We're not stopping. And uh, and uh, we're just going to keep this Max Fun train riding. Um, and you, listener, uh, whether you're new, uh, if whether this is your first year, whether this is your third year, uh, thanks for coming along this wild ride and listening to all our wild takes. We truly do appreciate you. Um, I know it's often said, but I need you to feel it. We do. If you have a comment or suggestion wait, about wait, this wait. week's show. Third year? You've only been on this for three years. I've been doing this for five. What are you saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought it's been going on for three. I Honestly, it's so funny because they, we, like, there's these two years because we did a year and then right. the pandemic and then now. I, 
I it's tr- truly, everything has a staple in it. I know what you mean. Yeah, but yeah, sorry. If you've been here for five, I tried to be the beginning, but as you can see, <laughs> if you've been here since before I was because here. if he lives life, everything... All a quarter mile at a time. Yeah. No, everything everywhere all at once. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> Magic true. quarter mile at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, if you have a... <laughs> If you have a comment or suggestion about this week's show, tweet at us at Maximum underscore film. Our Facebook group can be found at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Maximum Film. Or send us an email at Maximum Film at Maximum Fun.org. Our producer is the wonderful Marissa Flaxbart. Our senior producer is the amazing Laura Swisher. And this is a production of Maximum Fun. Happy New Year. Happy Yay. New Year to you in jail. <laughs> It's from It's Wonderful. (laughs) Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.